I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, everybody. Clay and I are in the Songtown Zoom studio today. We're going to be talking about how to sustain a long-term songwriting career. And we got a bunch of things to cover. Um, so I'll start off and then, uh, Clay, you can dive in. But I, I think one of the most important things is to have thick skin. I, I think you can't um, have the attitude of like every piece of criticism is a personal thing. You know, not everybody's going to like your songs and you just have to to get over it. And, you know, you have to move on from that. And I think you and I probably have had songs cut that somebody didn't like and, mm -hmm. and we didn't give up on that song. What are your thoughts on that? Get over it. <laughs> there was an old Don Henley song called Get Over It. Um, and yeah, that's that's exactly you know, what you have to have because there's so many ups and downs and, you know, we've both had experiences where somebody will record a song and tell you it's going to be a single and then it ends up not even making the album, you know? <laughs> so you've got to be able to, to let this stuff roll off your back and just keep plugging away, keep grinding away. Um, that's probably the, the most important thing. You're right. Yeah. And then, you know, I think number two would probably be the ability to take criticism because, you know, you, Clay and I mentor a lot of people and we can almost always tell from the first session if if it's going to be productive, because if the if the person comes in with the attitude of, you know, arguing with criticism about their song, you know, if we try to point out something that's not working and they want to argue with us, might as well be done at that point, because, it's not that we're always right, but it's just that they're not open to even thinking that maybe their song baby is not beautiful. Yeah, you're making me think through kind of the history of Songtown and the writers we've mentored and the ones like Sarah Davis, who signed with Big Machine and, um, you know, Connor Sweet. And these were people that came in with open minds and were soaking up everything they could and they weren't trying to convince the world that they were already great. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in this trap of trying to show people we're great instead of constantly learning and growing so you can be great. And, and you know, it's a, they say appearances is everything, but it's really not. You've got to be able to deliver at the end of the day and so, you know, I welcome anytime someone um, has a valid criticism because it, it's hard to hear, but it makes you grow. Yeah. I mean, I have people come up to me and say, hey, I hate to uh, probably don't have any right to tell you this, but I didn't understand that second verse in your song. I'm like, no, thank you. I mean, I want to know that. And so I think if, if you want a long term career, you've got to have that ability to take criticism. And, Absolutely. and, you know, even to look at the people who are willing to give it to you as your best friend, because if someone's really willing to honestly tell you something uncomfortable, that's probably the thing that you need to hear most. And, you know, the other tip off, if you're playing songs for people and five people in a row tell you the same thing, you're not going to convince the world at that point that what you have is, is gold usually. So, you know, listen, if, if you get if one person has an opinion, OK, well, it may not resonate with you. But if you get the same opinion over and over and over, then that's something you should really look at. Yeah. Clay and I had a guy one time at an event come up to us with a CD and he handed it to us and he said, there's 10 songs on here better than anything on the radio. 
And it was like, wow, you know, tell us more. And I said, you know, when did you write these songs? And he said, oh, probably about 10 years ago. And he said, I just keep trying to get somebody that gets it, you know? And the, the dude had quit writing songs about 10 years ago because he thought he already had all his hits on one CD, you know? And, it, and that kind of goes into the number three, which is just a willingness to learn. You know, you, if you don't take criticism, you can't learn. And it, and so, you know, just being open to the fact of like, I can always learn something that makes me a better songwriter, even after, you know, we together have had 250 plus cuts and 17 number ones, and you've had two Grammy nominations. We still are learning all the time about, how to be better and some, some other cool thing we can try. Absolutely. And I love it when I hear a record that comes out that scares me, I'm like, crap, you know, this is freaking awesome. Like I've got to up my game. I, I want to hear music that makes me feel like I've got to reevaluate my approach and figure out how can I get some of what they're doing? Because this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, and me too. I love hearing something that makes me go, okay, I got to be better. Uh, one of our song pluggers told me one time she played songs for uh, Tim McGraw's A&R person and the person rejected every single song. And she said, okay, play me what you've got that you're going to cut. And she played her the song humble and kind. And the song plugger was like, okay, I don't have anything that beats that, you know, I've got to bring better songs, you know, because that's the level that, that they're cutting. I've and so, got a great story about that song. The person that was listening for Tim McGraw, um, my publisher played one of my songs for her and she didn't like it. And he goes, well, don't feel bad. She doesn't like anything, meaning she's really tough on songs. I said, yeah, yeah but one day she will. Well, I walk into a writing session with an unknown band at that time, Lady A, and I said, I got your title. One day you will. And um, we wrote a song and it ended up on their first record. And so sometimes you can take what life throws at you and what, what do they say? Make lemonade out of lemons. But that's what I did. I, you know, I, I believe one day she would like a song. And we turned it into a song that ended up being on Lady A's first album. That's awesome. Um, number four is the willingness to change and adapt. I think, you know, again, we see so many people, and I know you've known people in your career that it just held on to that thing that they do. I had a friend who wrote Texas swing music, and he was like, that's just what I do. And when that went out of style, he was in trouble because, you know, nobody's cutting his songs anymore. And he'd kind of been the king of the hill when people were cutting that kind of thing. And, you know, so I think people have to be willing to adapt and change what they do and not compromise who they are or, or the authenticity of what they're writing, but just make sure that they're being relevant. Yeah. I, I agree. And, you know, it's a, a fine line because people go, well, I am who I am and I don't want to chase the trends, but it's not really about that. It's about, developing and growing who you are so that you can fit into the framework of current times. And so Popeye I say that hmm? I am who I am. I think Popeye <laughs> said, I am who I am. <laughs> I am who I am. Yeah. And Popeye yeah. hasn't written a hit since, um, you know, <laughs> many, many years um, ago. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And I think number five is the having the mindset that you're writing for other people, not yourself. 
you know, I have people sometimes who are not artists. And if, you know, if you're an artist, it's a whole different story, but we're talking about how to be a, a songwriter long-term. But um, if you have the mindset of like, okay, this song is not for me at the end of the day, this song is for people out there. This song is for artists out there that might record it. Uh, you're going to have a lot longer career because, you know, the, what I want to do and what I want to say is very finite. And, and if I'm only saying things that feel true to me, it's going to be hard to have a long-term career as a writer. Yes. And, you know, you can take stories. Um, there's been plenty of songs that the writers didn't go through what the song was about, you know, story songs um, about a, sh a ship, you know, crashing and, and uh, everybody on board was lost. And you can do that because you can find the human threads and human emotion that goes through those kind of um, settings. So you know, it's not all about just writing, you know, what you're going through. That's exactly right. Absolutely. And number six would be having good collaboration skills. You know, it, you can't really succeed as a songwriter by yourself. You've got to be able to work, even if you wrote the songs by yourself and you were, you know, a prodigy that can write, write everything, play everything, all that. You're going to have to find publishers or record labels or artists, co-writers co at some point to work with or your music's just going to, going to, you know, be so much about you that other people can't relate to it. So I think developing collaboration skills is a huge thing. And you might want to comment on that. We've written a book about co-writing to help people kind of develop that. Yeah. And I think the days of that tortured solo writer or artist that was hard to deal with, they were unprofessional, they were, drinking all the time, didn't show up, but when they did, they were brilliant, you know, on that three times a year, they showed up. Um, and they used to be able to find champions that were willing to work with them today. It's like, nobody's got time for that, you know? And so more and more, you have to be professional. You have to learn how to collaborate, whether it's collaborating, like you said, with the songwriting or building a team around you of publishers and A&R people that can help you. You know, I don't know how many times on Facebook I've seen writer friends post. I'm just staring at the blank page in my pen. It's as if my pen has no ink. <laughs> I have nothing to say. And I'm thinking, well, then get yourself a co-writer and maybe his pen will have something in it, you know? And, and I think that, you know, you're right. If we just sit around and wait for the apple to fall on our head, it's probably not going to happen long-term. It may, a few apples may fall. But yeah. the, the secret to a long-term relationship is being able to collaborate with co-writers, with artists, with record labels, with publishers, and, you know, everybody that could be an advocate for you. Did you mean to say the secret of a long-term relationship? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I they, mean, they are relationships, yeah. yeah. Uh, your relationships with writing hits long-term, yeah, I agree. Exactly. Uh, number seven would be intentional. Uh, be intentional, have a reason for everything you do. So when I go into my co-write tomorrow, there's a reason each person's in the room. They bring a skill that we need in that room. Uh, they bring a commitment or they, to what we're working on. They bring a relationship that we can uh, pitch a song to, you know, th there's all kinds of things that people bring into the room, but it's not accidental. 
you know, I'm, I'm setting those rooms up on purpose so that they have a good chance to succeed. And it, it's, there's very little of just, I'm hanging out with people that I like, I do like all the people I work with, but it's not just a hang. We're trying to do something that's going to be productive in those, those rights. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we were talking earlier today on Clubhouse a little about this and going into a right, especially with an artist, if you can find out what songs they have already recorded and what kind of songs they need. You know, if they, maybe they need a show opener that's just going to get the crowd fired up. And a lot of times, you know, artists today, their show is more valuable to them now than it used to be as far as, you know, the revenue streams. Mm -hmm. So they're out there looking for songs that are going to fit into their set list that are going to get the crowd fired up, going to sell out those concerts. So, you know, learning to talk to the artist and find out what do you need? What can we write today? And even if you end up going in a different direction, well, that's okay, but you got to have a starting point where you all, you all are on the same page and you start from. Yeah. And some people would say, well, you know, just write a great song and it'll find a home. Well, I've got a lot of great songs that have found a home on a hard drive somewhere. And, and that's the only place they're finding a home, you know, because you get to the point where you can't pitch all your songs, people lose interest in a song after they pitched it a bunch of times and it goes nowhere. And so while there is value in, in just writing a great song, you're going to have a better chance of success. If you write a great song that you have somewhere to go with so that, it, you know, you're writing a great song and you know what kind of artist would record it, or you have a, an opportunity or an in with that artist and that kind of thing. Or like Clay said, you, you've done some homework and you find out what that artist has already recorded and what they don't have, what they need for their record, what they've always wanted. If you're writing those kind of things, you got a lot better chance than just writing a song and hoping that it finds a home someday. All right. Number eight is self-awareness. You know, I think most of the hit writers we know are very conscious of what they bring to the table and what they don't. And, you know, a friend of mine is a great melody person, great guitar player, plays bass for Keith Urban, his band leader. And he will come in and say, I can play the, you know, I can do the music, but I don't do the words. You know, I just, I'm no good with words. And, you know, I think that kind of self-awareness really helps you sustain a career because you're not trying to convince people you can do everything. You're just playing to your strengths. Absolutely. And I, I really find that more and more the collaborations that work are the ones where everybody's a rock star at what they do best. Whether you're a track person, a lyricist, a melody person, a singer, if you have one skill that's world class, you can easily pair yourself up with other people and create something that is better than, you know, as a whole than if you just wrote it by yourself. Absolutely. And number nine would be patience, uh, success. And as a songwriter is going to come and go and you may have two hits in a year and then you may have no hits for eight years, you know, and you just have to have patience and the self-confidence to go. I didn't just forget how to write songs. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep on doing what I do and, and uh, trying to get better and to stay relevant. But be, you know, my worth as a writer is not based on, how many cuts I'm getting currently. So I just have to be patient and keep writing the best songs I can write and, and move on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had one year where I had three songs on the chart at the same time, and then three years where there were no songs on the charts, and then another year where there was one. You know, it's 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 a roller coaster the whole ride. Yeah, absolutely. Number 10 would be reasonable expectations. Songwriting is not a get rich quick scheme, you know, and I don't know how many people that we encounter who are like, my goal is just to write a couple hits and then retire, you know, and, and I'll say, well, how long do you think that's going to take you? Like, Oh, year or two, I guess, you know? And I'm like, no, my friend, that it, that's not how it works. It's going to take, a lot longer than that. It's going to take a lot more work than that. So I think having reasonable expectations of how things work and how slowly things move in the business, you know, even if I got a big cut today, that was going to be a single, it might be a year and a half, two years before I started getting paid on that. If it comes out right. and it does really well. Yeah. I think the only way that plan could work is if you had, um, you know, you were living off of someone else's money and were able to stick your two hits, stick all that money in the bank and never touch it for 20 years, then yeah, maybe you could retire on that. But, you know, songwriting's it's a lifetime commitment to the craft and to the developing your skills and meeting people in the business. And, you know, it's definitely not a get rich quick scheme. Right. Yeah. So you have to have reasonable expectations. Number 11 would be to work harder and smarter than the people around you. I run into people all the time that are working really, really hard, but they're not doing things that are going to, that work toward their big goal. You know, so I, I mentored someone recently who is getting, I think they had 10 or 12 independent cuts that were coming out. And I said, well, what's your big goal? And they said, well, my big goal is to get a staff writing deal. And I said, well, are any of those going to help you do that. And they're like, Hmm, I've never thought of that, <laughs> you know? And, and I, so I think it's really important to make sure that you're doing things, you know, as you work hard, you're doing things that are working towards your big goal as well. And if that big goal is a long-term career, evaluate everything you do in terms of that, you know, is this working toward that kind of thing? I agree. I have nothing to add to that. That was <laughs> all right. And then the final one is manage your money well and don't buy a boat with your first hit. You know, when when I got my first hit, I paid off all my bills, put most of the money in the bank, maybe did a little celebrating. And when I got my second hit, I went on a bigger trip and then I put the rest of the money in the bank. And and I, you know, I think if you manage your money well. It allows you to go through those years. You know, if, if you get a hit and you buy a boat and then you go three years without a hit, you're in trouble because you've spent all your money on the boat, you know? So it's kind of back to that patience thing. You have to, you have to measure things out and understand that one hit doesn't mean you're going to get one of those a year or that you're going to ever get another one, you know? So you just have to take your money that you get and use it wisely so that you can continue writing, you know, and, and let, let that, money be your base that lets you continue writing and, and not um, something where you go, woohoo, the first time you get a big check and you go blow it. I remember um, our friend Tia Sillers, when she wrote her first number one song, her mom, um, you know, and Tia was probably early twenties, but her mom said, give me the money that you made on that song. And her, what her mom did was put the money in the bank, invest it, and her mom paid her $200 a week to live on. 
And she lived on that until she had her second hit. So she did not go out and spend it. And she said that her mom literally set her up for life by, by doing that for her with that first big hit that she had. So, you know, there's a big lesson to, to be learned about not going out and spending everything you make. Absolutely. Well, I hope those 12 points are helpful to you. If, you know, if your goal is to sustain a career as a songwriter, those are the things I think you need to pay special attention to. And, you know, if Clay and I are always around for questions, people can email us at marty at songtown.com or clay at songtown.com. But um, we're always glad to, to answer questions and help people along that journey. We hope you learned something or found something interesting today in the podcast. Uh, we're proud to be a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network. And there's a lot of great podcasts on there for songwriters. So um, check those out. Also in the show notes, we'll have links to our book, uh, the, the Songwriter's Guide to Mastering Co-Writing, and to our other books that are out. And we'd love for you to check out songtown.com. Uh, you can give us your email and get 10 free videos to kind of get an idea of what we do. But we have all kinds of opportunities for songwriters to uh, find collaborators and connect with industry pros and kind of find your tribe so we'd love to have you if you want to check us out at songtown as always you can email me or clay marty at songtown.com or clay at songtown.com and we hope you have a great week we'll see you next tuesday